two wizards. Two wizards? Two wizards. Two wizards. Uh, somebody somewhere is doing a bit of time travel. Because, cause Mark, we we just, just yesterday recorded part one of this. Mm-hmm. Of this like two-parter about love. And, and that one will come out a little later um, in the week after Valentine's Day. And then we're recording this one now. But it's going to come out like two weeks later. So it's going to be some weird... Yeah, people checking out this episode for the first time. Saying like, wait, are they still drunk on wine? Like, what's the deal? I thought I just listened to this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, those two wizards really got soft in February, didn't they? Yeah, these, man, they, I remember the days they were drinking, uh, yeah, four, four cans of hard seltzer in a night. And, (laughs) and now I just, just a little sniff of wine and they, they faint. Getting getting drunk off the cork, as they say. But anyway, so yeah, man, how have you been in that uh, brief twenty four hours since since we last uh, talked? Oh, you know, same as I always am, pushing that boulder of produce up a hill of don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although we did, we did uh, uh, our respective mornings texted that like we had some. I mean, not that I woke up feeling that bad at all. But uh, I I prepared a pretty epic breakfast. You prepared a pretty epic be- uh, one too, and uh, and yeah, I think oh, that's that was my dinner. I made biscuits life. and gravy for dinner. Oh, I think that, oh, oh, that's your so dinner. So that was the okay. kicker of it. Was I felt fine this morning? <laughs> yeah, because I got off last night and I was like, oh, I am starving. Right. All right, I'll mm-hmm. go get food. And like, only thing sounded good was biscuits and gravy. I'm like, well, you had a whole bottle of wine. Do whatever you want. Yeah. So I bought my shit and made it and. No, I woke up this morning at like four and I felt great. And I was like, all right, time to edit. And I yeah. edited and went to work and here I am. It's It's been a cool like two days of nonstop podcast, honestly. Right. Which I mean, yeah, there are certainly worse ways to, um, yeah, sp- spend your time to like, like go back and do, do two things one right after the other. Um, but no, oh, that no, also kind of something kinda... I love doing. Oh, how tragic. Oh, oh no, don't, don't, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> But yeah, but but also kind of to that point too. I um I w- w- ever since I first heard this on that episode of Parks and Rec, I I wanted to try this. Um, but when Ron Swanson is on the like Colin Pawnee show, oh yeah, and Jane Calamezzo is she she's had enough red wine and she passes out, and so he's like fielding phone calls, <laughs> and somebody asks him for his hangover cure, and he says, "I've never been hungover." If I've had too much to drink, I uh, uh, pan pan sear a flank steak and lots of butter. Uh, eat that. Go to bed wearing a pair of wet socks. Wake up the next morning feeling fine. <laughs> and I want to say, like, on the level of like the excellent challenge or something else, like I kind of want to do that. Like, just one night, no. Okay, I'm gonna drink a whole lot of bourbon and then have yeah this flank steak ready for me. Um, <laughs> dip my uh. Mrs. Wizard, wife, make sure the socks are soaking in the in the in the cool water, <laughs> and see if it works. Because who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it will. See, my hangup is I can't wear socks to bed. Like, 
Oh yeah. I can't wear socks. Period. I, I like as soon as I'm home, mm-hmm. shoes are off, socks are off. But like, r- r- yeah, no, yeah. we were talking about that. It was in one of oh, what episode was it? Where, where yeah, you said just that. Like growing up, uh, going out on adventures uh, in the in the out outdoors. Yeah, very rarely putting on yeah like shoes and socks. You just yeah. go in it barefoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what else is great going barefoot? Listening to the Two Wizards podcast, and here we are once more. <laughs> uh, yes, once more again. This is going to be a weird bit of time travel, um, but 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 here it is. Uh, once more, back again, back in the saddle, as it were. Uh, and I am Josh, and I am a wizard. And I am Mark, and I am a wizard. And yeah, here we are once again. Josh, you are helming this ship you are yes the captain you are the the what would you call that the general or the you're the lieutenant in the trenches and you're like mm. go 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 and i'm like i don't yeah. want to go and you're like but remember the old demand that i run up over the ladder and get shot in the head <laughs> well hopefully it's not quite that bad like i know we talked about last episode that uh yeah drinking what red wine does tend to leave one Thing a little worse for wear than other things, but hopefully, yeah, it's not quite as bad as that. Um, <laughs> well, to that end, buddy, what do you oh, have? Yes. Your wizard's tankard. Well, uh, and we are sort of keeping in uh, with the theme of yeah, kind of. Lo- and I, I, I guess in hindsight, I didn't really uh, link those two specifically because I don't know. Wine seems a little more romantic. That's sort of the stereotype, right? Like in the in the romantic comedy in the in the uh, uh, movie. The dude goes to the fancy French restaurant and he looks at the wine list or doesn't even look at the wine list and says like, oh, yes, I'll have the uh, Chateau de Neuf uh, Bordeaux. And then the waiter says, a very excellent choice, sir. Um, so I guess, I don't know, maybe that's what I was going for. But no, I have more wine. I have more wine okay. with me. Uh, and this is, so I mentioned uh, Gnarly Head last time, which again is like a, a consistent, pretty good not too fancy wine. Uh, the other one that I really like is what I have with me now, and this is the Ravenswood uh, Zinfandel. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, another uh, red wine, dry, great with steak and uh, tomato dishes, um, spicy, spicy food. Um, and yeah, it's just a good, it's just another like, again, consistent, solid wine. Right on. What about you? Are are you also going back to the to the vino well, or for for the sake of keeping things fresh? Are you doing something a little different? Well, it's kind of funny. You kind of you you sort of know what I'm drinking, but so mm-hmm. um, I drank all my wine last night, and I literally just got off work at like ten minutes to six my time, mm-hmm. and I went to grab something. But listeners, we're recording on Sunday night, like we always do. But this Sunday just so happens to be the <gasps> Super Bowl. And thank yes. God that Josh and I are not, you know, football wizards, because otherwise this wouldn't be happening. But so I went to buy some beer from, like, as I got off, and fucking, we were out of beer. But you know what we did have, Josh? We had What's truly, uh, ra- we had truly oh, hard no. seltzer teas. So I'm drinking hard seltzer tea, and the first one on the docket tonight is a raspberry tea. So it's uh, oh, podcast okay. rocket fuel tonight, guys. There it is. There, there we go. Is. Well, yeah, uh, here, here's on you, buddy. Cheers, good buddy. Mm. Yep, good stuff. Less than one Pretty gram of sugar. I'll take it. Yeah, there you go. There you go. 
Um, yeah. Well, no, well, yeah. And and so and so we are. We are kind of continuing that same sort of theme. Um, and and yeah, last week's episode. This is so weird because yeah, it was last week's episode, but it was also last day. It was yesterday that we just did this. This is <laughs> yeah. blowing my mind. Um, yeah, I, I I was wanting to frame it more the kind of mytho poetic. Uh, literary kind of aspects of love. Like we talked about some of these love deities across various pantheons. Um, We were reading uh, this beautiful love poetry by Sappho and Catalyst. Um, And uh, I talked about the good fun that is the Kama Sutra. And, And so what I wanted to do today was sort of give... Um, maybe not like the opposite, uh, but like a, 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 a contrast, a foil, a juxtaposition, if you will. Um, and so this episode is going to be more about the sort of like science of love or the chemistry of love, the bits and pieces, the, the molecules that make us feel so good, um, (laughs) And just, and I, I don't know, kind of things like that too. And then also you, I think, were inspired, Mark, that you maybe have something prepared or, or something you could kind of go off Not extemporaneously. Not as, as I would like to, but I can sure. extemporaneously yeah. go off on it, yes. Right, right. Yeah, you went to that uh, uh, room at the speech and debate meet and you drew that index card with three topics and one of them was, and, and, and your card was... Uh, uh, Raccoons, under the sea, Alistair Crawley's sex magic, and you said, "I know what I'm gonna write my three to five minute speech about." <laughs> so yeah, let's start with raccoons. Um, number one, yeah. Josh. <laughs> number one, uh, yeah, trash pandas are insensitive and cruel, and we need to do better and retire that name. <laughs> The resolution stands that (laughs) raccoons are a pest, but damn it, their little masks are cute. And I like it when they wash their little hands in the water. Give them (laughs) cotton candy, watch it disappear, and then look at the look of the trail. It's great. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. So so we are. So we are. We're going to do sort of like science of love, different things like that. And and I have a few things prepared. Sounds like you have a thing or two prepared, too. And, And yeah, we'll just do it. So, yeah, uh, uh, as you can imagine, Mark, um, like, like almost anything, um, uh, be it, be it, be it hunger, be it wisdom, be it, um, either despair or satisfaction, whatever it is, uh, love, like all those other things is regulated, at least for us humans, uh, with chemicals. There's just a bunch of different chemicals that either flood our brain or uh, are, or, or, or the receptors for those chemicals are extra attuned to them. And yeah, that's the stuff. That's the stuff that like makes what, what, what you and I were describing about uh, in our sort of experiences with Valentine's Day, what, what, what Sappho was so uh, uh, beautifully describing as like the sort of pitter-patter of her heart and her ears kind of have this whirring sound and, and her tongue can't speak. Chalk that all up to like, uh, yeah, these neurotransmitters because that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I wanted to take some time and like kind of walk us all through, well, what 
are these things specifically? And how can we uh, buy them and just inject them straight into our veins? <laughs> Maybe not that part. Maybe not that part. But um, how, but Josh, I did. how I'm so desperately lonely. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I also realized, too, and maybe this is also a good time to kind of get some uh, caveats, get some um, sort of disclaimers out of the way. So um, on the one hand, yes, you and I are in uh, long term committed relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are kind of, I guess, bringing that 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 perspective that one might even say bias uh, yeah. to it. Uh, and then also, yes, a lot of what I'm going to be speaking about um, is not exclusive to uh, uh, heterosexual, heteronormative male and female pairings. Um, but that is where, at least as it stands, most of the research has been done. Mm-hmm. And so, but but I also think that yeah, truly, um, there is more and more research about yeah, like. Uh, same-sex attraction and pairings and the degrees to which that is similar or di- or different than, uh, yeah, the male-female ones. And so we are not, we are not uh, taking any sort of prescriptive stance like, oh, the two wizards say that marriage is between uh, a warlock and a sorceress. No, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. If, uh, if 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 you've listened to us for any amount of time, you know that Mark and I are uh, sorcery fluid, and you know, uh, like the Kinsey scale says, like no one is either like a hundred percent heterosexual nor a hundred percent homosexual. Like yeah, like all things yeah. in flux, all things yeah. in flux. Um, I believe it was the it's not, Greek. It'll never be a black and white deal. I don't think it'd ever be black Precisely. and white, no matter what, no matter how hard we try. And yeah. Boil it down. It's like, yeah, but eh. humans are weird. Like, yes, we're idiot apes with supercomputer brains. And when you jam those two things together with like, you know, a constant media feed and like constant technology mm-hmm. surrounding us. And like, I don't think that we're supposed to be in groups bigger than 20, but suddenly we have span of the entire world. It's going to screw some stuff up, you know? Right. Absolutely. And so that, yeah, we have, uh, we, we are evolved from these creatures who have been around for, yeah, millions of years. But now, uh, yeah, we have things like the internet and um, Grubhub. Uh, yeah, like it's, it's weird to kind of try to make sense of all that too. So again, just a couple of disclaimers out of the way. Um, yeah. But, but, well, so but Josh I also and I think... aren't sexologists or... Therapist. Yeah, we're not that. We're not that. If you're really... having dark thoughts or thinking of you're hurting yourself and others, go get help because it's not us. And don't yeah. tell us you're going to do it. Not that it's happened, but nipping that one in the bud. Yes, also very true. Also yes. very true. But um, but oh, but okay. So so I do I, I do want to kind of start off with my understanding because I'm not a neurochemist. I'm not a neurobiologist. Uh, but my wizard's understanding. Um, and when I'm not those things, I try to defer to people who are. So. My source here is uh, the Harvard University Graduate School of Arts and Sciences, uh, and this is the uh, Science in the News webpage uh, from February 14th, 2017. So a few years back, five years back. So, and uh, this web, uh, th- this article that I'm going to be kind of basing a lot of my my uh, report off of is "Love Actually: The Science Behind Lust, Attraction, and Companionship." Uh, by Catherine Wu. 
Okay. And so, and so, and so, yes, uh, the, the, the main kind of study that this article summarizes, um, kind of lays out for us, uh, this was by a, um, this was conducted by a team of researchers led by Dr. Helen Fisher at Rutgers University. And um, what Dr. Fisher found was, uh, you know, what we might call romantic love could actually be broken down into three uh, discrete categories. Uh, lust, attraction, and attachment. And okay. as you could probably, you know, guess just based on their titles there, like, yeah, Rust is that, like, high energy, uh, I, I want to... Uh, mix it up with this person. Um, attraction is maybe a little like, oh wow, there, there's something really interesting about them, and um, and I wonder if they're interested in me. And the sort of like, yeah, it's almost like cat and mouse sort of game. Um, and then attachment is yeah, like the long term. Um, yeah, you've clearly started like farting around each other. Um, uh, you leave your socks on the floor. She leaves her toenail clippings um, on the like bathroom floor. Like you, you're you're able to overlook those things because there's something deeper and more stable, um, and that kind of a thing. Okay. Um, and so each of these three—lust, attraction, and, and attachments—again, they aren't exclusively kind of governed by these uh, uh, chemicals and hormones. But but they are more, um, shall I say, like, these are the principal ones. These are like the heavy hitters, so to speak. Okay. Uh, and so for lust, as you might imagine, Mark, any guesses as to what hormone, neurotransmitter, chemical, um, uh, what, what, what one might really drive feelings of lust? Any guesses? I mean, if you're going lust is like abject horniness, I got to assume testosterone, right? It is. Yeah, you're exactly right. It is testosterone um, and also estrogen, like the two the, the two sort of main ones. So, yes, you're exactly right. Um, uh, testosterone is, is, of course, found in both men and women, um, mm-hmm. although men tend to have uh, levels about 20 to 1, like 20 times more testosterone than uh, women do. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, although curiously enough, uh, women seem to like be more responsive or more receptive to testosterone. So, like, I don't know. They just you 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 give a dude like a ten uh, milliliter shot of tea and a woman a ten milliliter shot of tea. I don't even know if those numbers make sense. Um, but the lady will like react way more than the dude will. But that also, I guess, kind of makes sense. Well, that makes sense. Like. Yeah. I drank a bottle of wine last night and felt fine, but if you give my girlfriend a bottle of wine, she gets hammered after a glass cuz Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and and if you're already like if 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 you already uh have 20 times the amount of testosterone coursing through, yeah, what's another little bump going to do you versus somebody that like that same little bump would maybe be like five times the amount that's normally in their system. So, so maybe that's part of it too. Uh, but, but of course, yes, uh, testosterone is a steroid that plays a key role in the development, uh, specifically or most notably, uh, in the testes and prostate, Mm -hmm. uh, but is also associated with muscle, bone, and body hair growth. That's why sometimes, uh, athletes will take steroid injections and, and specifically testosterone to get bigger muscles and stronger bones and, 
bigger beards too, I guess, because that's a, a, a key athletic <laughs> component, having a gnarly mustache. Um, uh, testosterone can, can be used uh, as a treatment for breast cancer in women. Really? Um, yeah. I, and again, like as I was kind of doing like, uh, that was something I, I didn't know. Interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of kind of interesting. Um, and again, probably unsurprisingly related to the lust aspect, um, or, or maybe activating similar things to the lust aspect. Uh, testosterone uh, is also linked to uh, to aggression and criminality, as well as attention, memory, and spatial ability. Um, hmm. And so it is. It's just this wonder steroid molecule thing that does a whole bunch of things. Uh, including, yeah, making maple, making people horny. Um, right on. <laughs> yeah, so, so there's that one. But then also uh, have to give due, due uh, respect to estrogen, uh, which is, again, found in both men and women, mm-hmm. uh, except now women have, eh, and, and it really depends, it really depends, uh, but generally maybe like nine to ten times more estrogen than men do. Okay. Uh, also, as you might imagine, estrogen plays a key role in the development of uh, uterine and ovarian functions, uh, breast development, cognition, muscle mass and strength, uh, libido, and mental health. And so there's this sort of like common uh, uh, kind of idea that like, oh, like men's uh, sex drives tend to peak when they're in, yeah, like their 20s or something like that. But then women's tend to peak in their forties. And, and some of that is kind of related to levels of testosterone versus estrogen and, and that kind of right. stuff. So, so, so yes, we're just talking lust, testosterone and estrogen. Those are, those are your two, two key, key, uh, uh compounds that are, that are involved. Um, right. so again, yeah, sounds about right. Um, yeah. when we, when we, when we talk about attraction, however, so this is maybe more than just, that immediate primal response. This is maybe like, ooh, this person's kind of interested in our, and are they interested in me? Am I interested in them? Um, there's a different kind of trio this time of um, uh, uh, hormones, steroids, neurotransmitters that, that kind of play a part. Um, and of these three, one is dopamine. Mm-hmm. And we kind of think of that as a neurotransmitter for pleasure. But what it really is, and I was trying to wrap my mind around this. Um, so, so yes, it, it like kind of layperson speak. Yeah, it's pleasure. But what it really is, is it's um, this phrase motivational salience. So you're like interested and motivated by something that is desirable. Or on the other hand, you're you're staying away from something that isn't desirable. I don't know. I was still trying to wrap my mind around that phrase. Um, yeah, but you can basically just say like pleasure, pleasure and yeah. reward system. That 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 just about covers it. Um. <laughs> it's it's why I play Civ and Arc on loop because it gives me that sweet sweet dopamine feed. Right, it is. It, like, it's the I whole have like conquered this city. I have tamed this T Rex. Yeah. Right, it is. It's like, okay, I uh, purchased this great scientist and I'm going to use their special ability on my campus, giving me a technology boost, allowing me to build an atomic bomb. So long, Gilgamesh, or whatever. Right? Yeah, it is. It's like, Sweden, the, like when everything... I always kill Sweden first. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, and so you're exactly right. Yes, things like video games uh, or even like gambling, right? Like, like that sort of thing can produce uh, dopamine. Uh, but there's some other, I guess, more direct ways to stimulate uh, dopamine activity, um, including drugs, just some drugs. <laughs> Specifically looking at uh, stimulants like nicotine, uh, cocaine, and methamphetamine. So that those are other ways that dopamine is yeah kind of like produced so you're or maybe, saying or that i could potent. do coke and then play arc and have double dopamine no taking, yeah you'll Josh, get right the craziest on. yeah you'll get the cra- <laughs> wildest rush uh hit there um and then also as you could imagine mark and maybe you've had this in some very intense games of civ uh but dopamine can also uh produce some side effects or cause things like increased heart rate increased body temperature sweating improved alertness attention and endurance huh which i also think all come in handy in the sort of like cat and mouse game of um sexual uh, 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 attraction and desire um yeah. and i and i and i know i already kind of played my hand here um <laughs> but yeah like even going back to some of those sappho poems and that's what she's describing like she doesn't know the neurochemistry that's going on but she clearly recognizes like oh here's this here here's this girl that i'm uh, attracted to and i yeah like well and and even when we get to some other of these um uh chemicals it's like oh yeah that was in yeah sappho sappho 16 like that was mm-hmm. that was clearly there or Sappho 31, uh, whatever it was. But, um, uh, but however, Mark, you do have to be careful with this dopamine stuff. Oh, yeah? Uh, because at higher doses, dopamine can produce agitation, anxiety, nausea. Uh, and I was really freaked out to read this. Uh, but even loss of contact r- with reality. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, if we're talking about things like uh, coke and meth, yeah, that absolutely makes sense if you were too I mean, whacked yeah. out on that stuff. Uh, but then also true, yeah, maybe, th- and, and and even Civ does have that notoriety of it's the game of just one more turn, just yeah. one more turn. And the next thing you know, yeah, it's uh, 7 a.m. And, uh, oh, shit, I have to go teach today. <laughs> I was supposed to like make a quiz. I don't have any lesson plans. Um, so I guess maybe loss of contact with reality in that regard, kind of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, dopamine. <laughs> Doesn't, um, does caffeine spike dopamine? Is that a thing or am I wrong? Um, I was trying to find that. It, it didn't look like it or at least like, so there, there, there's maybe something, um, it might be it might be a different kind of response, but I didn't necessarily see that caffeine spiked dopamine. Or I mean, maybe. Spiked, maybe I don't know one of them, or I don't know. Could be. Well, what is because uh, I was gonna say old... like all of the like negatives from dopamine I get when I've had too many, like too much pre workout and or energy drinks at work, and oh, I, I get gotcha. like real cagey and I get kind of mean and I'm just like sweaty okay. and agitated. I've got pinprick eyes. I'm just like get the fuck out of the cooler. I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, so so double checking. Yes, it, uh, uh, a caffeine also as a sti- as a stimulant, um, uh, it, it 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 can produce a, a dopamine spike. So so okay. yeah, I guess I, I guess, and I don't know, maybe I glossed over that when I was typing my notes or something. Um, 
Well, and caffeine is also the most widely consumed psychostimulant. So, I, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. But I mean, hell, like how many people do you know that need their pot of coffee in the morning? Right. And and yeah, if you don't get that, you're, you're cranky and um, your mental acuity is gone and all that. Um, but, but then uh, too, like, yeah. man, as soon as like my pre-workout kicks in, like, oh baby, for like half an hour there, I am like fry after his hundred cups of coffee. Like yeah. I move through time or, or like it bends around me and allows me to pass through it without effort. And yeah. yeah. Well, and, and even specifically to like, um, uh, uh, picking up on the nausea aspect of it. Like oh, yeah. I have, I have both felt nauseous from having too much caffeine I haven't done coke or meth, so I can't speak to that. Um, but I have also felt sick to my stomach, uh, pining after my high school sweetheart, who doesn't know that I exist. But no, like that whole thing, right? Like, oh my gosh, she's so smart and pretty and good at sports and all that. But then you feel like, yeah, you're you're gonna throw up because you get so nervous and sweaty and all that, right? And so part of that is potentially due to dopamine. Like your body's, your teenage body is just getting uh, uh, ravaged by dopamine. (laughs) And you can't handle it. (laughs) Right on. So yeah, so that was one. That was one, of course. Um, The next one I want to talk about is norepinephrine, Mm -hmm. uh, also sometimes called noradrenaline. And this is another neurotransmitter, which uh, uh, kind of causes responses of alertness, arousal and readiness for action most uh notably seen in the so-called fight or flight response okay and so then yeah this is again that same sort of like that little bit of like anxiety pit in your stomach like oh what do i do do i just do i do i stay here do i go up and talk to this person do i run out of the high school gym at the dance because i'm so nervous and scared (laughs) Um, and yes, this, this does in that fight or flight response, this causes also things like heart rate increase, uh, bladder relaxation where Mm. you void your system so that you can fight better or run faster. (laughs) That's kind of part of it. If I shit my pants, Becky's sure to love me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but also can be things like tunnel vision. Uh, shaking, dilated pupils, flushed face, dry mouth, slowed digestion, and hearing loss, even. You just get so focused and so tuned in on this thing, whatever it is that that, that has your attention. Yeah, like your peripheral vision kind of fades to black. You get that thrumming noise in your ears. And this is also what I was going to like get jazzed up about. Where, yeah, in, in that Sappho poem, she says like, her ears have this whirring sound. Her uh, her 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 tongue can't speak. Dry mouth, all this stuff. And so yeah, like Sappho could have been also writing poems about uh, yeah norepinephrine all of this time. <laughs> but I mean, it makes sense, like especially that yeah. whirring in the ears bit, because it's mm-hmm. what do you? It's not tunnel vision for your ears, but yeah, it's tunnel vision for the ears. I I get that. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so and so yeah. Um, they, uh, um, again, just another kind of fun little fact that I found um, along this way. So um, some antidepressants block norepinephrine receptors. And so, okay. you know, that's that's maybe part of it too. Uh, but I, again, sort of on our theme of love, on our topic of love, I, th- I found this one specifically and had to include it. One antidepressant in particular is called uh, 
Yohim Bean. Yohim Bean. Which is apparently named for the bark of the African Yohimbe tree, uh, which can also be a quote unquote male potency enhancer. <laughs> I, I actually, I, well, no, I take it for, um, I was taking it when I was working out. I'd stack it with my pre workout, that and uh, zinc and ashwagandha. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, it's like, it's like all these things that are, again, like either found in, either found in uh, foods. Or consuming this thing produces something else, it produces a response in your system. So that's part of it too. Um, however, uh, I was also reading that uh, yohim bean uh, can carry with it some significant side effects like anxiety and mm-hmm. insomnia. Yep, that's why I used to take it. And that's what I was going to say too. Like, um, yeah, Mark, as often me, as you've... <laughs> oh, adventures in insomnia. Yeah, as as often as you've shared with me, or I've asked, like, yeah, Mark, like between work and podcast recording and editing, like when when do you actually sleep? Like, is it okay if I text you at this time with the like two hour time change? And she's like, Josh, that's my secret, baby. I never sleep. <laughs> but straight up, like, I woke up at three thirty this morning. I was like, all right, let's go. Just- yeah, well, and. And and we, I mean, we at least signed off podcast. Uh, what was it? it was like seven year time, something around there. Yeah, I mean, last then, night wasn't so bad, but yeah, yeah. But so that's just it too. That's just it too. Okay, and then um, the third uh, uh, chemical here um, with with feelings of attraction is also one that will sound very familiar to you is serotonin. Oh um, yeah, and serotonin. Uh, is, 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 yeah, this hormone that's also involved with regulation of mood, of appetite, uh, and sleep, uh, as well as some cognitive functions like memory and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, uh, so serotonin is, again, either, like, found in or produced by a whole bunch, a whole variety of foods. And even just, yeah, like, the act of eating in general gives you that nice, like, satiated, ah, that was really good. Um, yeah. and, uh, and also probably, uh, uh, particularly noteworthy for Valentine's day and love, uh, chocolate chocolate is a, uh, prime source of like serotonin producing feelings. And it's maybe no wonder why, uh, chocolate is so popular around Valentine's day. Cause it, cause it gives you a little hit of serotonin. Yeah. It makes, yeah, makes sense. Well, and then I, the nights when I kind of get a little insomnia and have trouble sleeping, I, I'll, I'll pop a serotonin, a uh, little, little pill every once in a while. And, and yeah, man, that, that conks me right out. I'm, I'm done after one of those You mean things. melatonin? Maybe both. <laughs> I don't think you can take serotonin, can you? Maybe that's what I was thinking. Man, what is in this Ravenswood <laughs> Zinfandel here? <laughs> Maybe there's some serotonin and melatonin in here. Jesus. Whew. I know. I you're right. I totally got that wrong. <laughs> you're good. No, dude, you're good. Like it, it, it's four letters, and they're essentially this is, all the same. Like this is the last time I. This is the last time I lead a recording ever. <laughs> I love that. Wait, oh, you mean melatonin? I don't think you could buy pure, like raw, <laughs> raw serotonin. Otherwise, that would be the shit everybody injects straight into their veins. <laughs> See, but like, I can't take melatonin because I get horrendous nightmares when I take it. Oh shit! Really? 
and it, like throughout my life, I've always suffered from pretty bad night terrors. And the only thing that really kind of yeah. slows them down is like if I smoke weed before bed, and it whatever weed does, oh, it blocks okay. you from like you you don't not dream, but your brain doesn't know that it's dreaming or whatever. You're not oh, aware right. of it. Okay. So you just like you'll just sleep through the night or whatever. But like no, um, when I used to work the wet rack shifts at like four or three in the morning, like I would take a couple of melatonin, and I would like nine times out of ten wake up screaming. The, yeah, like handful of those that you shared with me. Yeah, God, that'd be horrifying to yeah. have that experience. So, no, I guess that makes sense. I feel uh, worse for my Mrs. <clears throat> Wizard, who must have ample amounts of dopamine and or serotonin because she just puts up with it and takes it and strides like, honey, the rats aren't eating your brain. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. There's no I, mountain uh, lions yeah. in the kitchen. Oh, okay, sorry. All right, so sorry about that. Um, but but yes, yeah, so also just just one sort of quick note about serotonin, not melatonin, Josh, you idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because again, this is all just like chemistry and stuff that things that alter how your brain works or the types of signals it receives or whatever. Um, so yes, this can also be affected not only by things like chocolate, uh, but maybe some of the hardier stuff like. Uh, Psilocybin, DMT, mm-hmm. mescaline, LSD, and MDMA, also known as ecstasy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, just what uh, and and there is yeah, like the whole thing about like um, uh, uh, taking Molly or, or or X and going to a rave because it's London in 1985, <laughs> and yeah, you just want to like make out with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's that same process. It's that same thing that, yeah, instead of, you know, gauging a romantic partner's interest and kind of playing that flirty back and forth game, uh, no, you just pop one of those bad boys and find an old, I don't know, like railway station <laughs> in, uh, yeah, South South England. And next thing you know, yeah, you're just making out with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> well yeah so um oh okay and so and so again but the, those were the fun ones right we talked about lust we talked about attraction all mm-hmm. those feel good things and so now it is i i think this this last one is if we can do it if we can kind of again go back to that greek mythology well those were sort of like the realm of aphrodite right like oh man uh so great but but attachment is definitely the realm of like hera the like okay. uh, the patron goddess of like marriage and stability and all that stuff. And so, yeah, this is attachment. And uh, the big one, the big neurotransmitter uh, hormone for attachment is oxytocin. Um, okay. And this one uh, uh, kind of creates and, and, and uh, assists in things like social bonding, generosity, trust. Uh, and then, of course, also getting to the point... Um, reproduction and childbirth. Um, oxytocin is released into the bloodstream during both sexual activity uh, and in labor. <laughs> huh. And I've heard some accounts, not a whole bunch, but yeah, I've heard some accounts of uh, sometimes women uh, when they are giving birth, when, when, when their child is coming out, um, sometimes they orgasm too. I've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, yeah, like, I guess it kind of makes sense. There's some like pressure and a lot of blood flow 
and then yeah if oxytocin is like swimming around in your system too then yeah i guess that kind of makes sense so yeah well i've heard that like unless i'm doing it wrong uh, i think the male brain floods with oxytocin like post-orgasm and no- number yeah, one it that's is. like that's the joke of like oh yeah you 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 half half hole and you know fire away and then you roll over and go to sleep it's like well yeah because your brain is literally flooded with this deal but then like in the flooding of it it is literally like also this thing that got you off you're like i love this thing this thing that i'm with is perfect and it's like yeah that's it what is. it's there for yeah it I is think. And, and i'm like, not that sure is... but yeah I, again i'm not a brain chemist whatever <laughs> yeah clearly i am not either if i don't know the difference between serotonin and melatonin <laughs> but but you are exactly right yeah it is it is that after after the like super fun part the like feeling of yeah just like warmth and peace and calm and i just want to cuddle this person i just want to give him or her a, a nice nice sweet cuddle and then yeah like kind of in, in a lot of cases promptly fall asleep yeah i think that is absolutely the the um oxytocin there and so then in um, your research did you find out what the neurotransmitter is for after you're done with porn and close the tab and you feel ashamed of yourself <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that is called, I think that's called a Jesus Tonin. (laughs) I think, I think that's what it was. Came out of the Focus on the Family Research Institute. (laughs) Ah, yes, the Dobsonian view. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and then you want to co- go burn down a school and murder a bunch of nuns, right? Of course, <laughs> right, right. Um, two other kind of fun, fun studies about oxytocin. And again, so so it is, and this is also why I say it's like Hera too, because like, yeah, like Hera is of course like marriage and stability. And if you screw with that, like her wrath is mighty. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, there was a study. I think this was, if I remember right. Well, I don't even know if it matters where it was. I was going to say Sweden, but it could be it could be anywhere. But apparently, there was a study where um, uh, a a group of men were given a nasal spray of oxytocin. So, like, um, yeah, like a Flonase or something, but this oxytocin. Um, and what happened was, men who were in monogamous relationships, committed relationships, stood. 10 to 15 centimeters so like five to eight inches further away from an attractive woman than men who were single so if they're given it then they're more willing to stand next to a woman or like there's no 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 a woman no, they they stand farther apart from like an attractive oh, oh, woman oh, that they're meeting they don't... because they're thinking. Yeah, they're thinking like, oh, oh man, shit, if my okay. Mrs. Wizard. So and so that's fascinating. Versus like, yeah, like the single dude that didn't have that effect. He wasn't reminded of like his significant other, which I again is like super super fascinating. Um, that is really so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So like, ladies, if you don't want your man. Um, uh, Running around on you, I, I guess make find this nasal spray oxytocin, um, or and or just have more sex because that's also released during sex, and so there that that's another way to 
kind of keep them keep them close by. Um, Man, so literally, like, without being totally reductive, like, if you ain't getting it at home, you'll you'll go find it somewhere else. And it's not that right. You're a yeah, piece we, of shit. It's because your like brain chemicals are telling you go get it elsewhere. Yeah, we aren't of. condoning that. Again, no, this no, is no, not but, a prescriptive uh, podcast. This is a descriptive podcast. <laughs> but no, no that's but exactly right. I like that right. idea. I. Because, no, you don't excuse, like, your shitty behavior. Like, we all have to be evolved, and we all have to, like, you know, pretend to be mm-hmm. on the same page of shit. But, like, man, yeah, do I love this Yeah, and not just be too? ruled. Yeah, yeah. And, and not just be ruled by our, brain, by our brain chemistry, but it does. It does sort of like, oh, yeah, if you don't have that connection, that is, like, literally the result of, yeah, like, sexy fun times. Uh, then, yeah, then you literally stand closer to an attractive woman that you're seeing for the first time. So yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's oh. wild. This is the other one. So I, and again, I would love to see these replicated. I know there is a replication crisis in a lot of social sciences, but this, this second one also just sounds fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently also, I, I don't know if this was also with the nasal, nasal spray or if this was something else, but people who were given either like a dose of oxytocin or prompted something in that way, they ended up showing more affection for their country's flag while remaining indifferent to other national flags. What? So like you have somebody, yeah, like do a line of oxytocin and wave the good old Star Spangled Banner in front of them and they start like crying like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and and then you like wave huh. a different flag and they're like i mean yeah like that's okay and all so that's weird too i don't know I, it's so weird <laughs> lady weird. liberty looking sure fine <laughs> or something like that <laughs> So it is. It, it, so it is. I, I think. Yeah. Like oxytocin to me is like the like Hera hormone. She's all about family. She's all about like committed relationships. She's all about country. And <laughs> yeah, if you stray for just a minute, oh boy, <laughs> gonna send snakes after you to to kill you when you're a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I guess, I guess it does. I guess it does kind of. And then um, the one last one, again, from this from this Harvard article of Dr. Fisher uh, and her Rutgers University research team, uh, the one last one for attachment is uh, apparently this, and I hadn't heard of this, like all those other ones I'd heard about, but I have not heard about this one uh, that's also related to attachment called uh, vasopressin. Okay. Uh, and, and again, trying to do some more research, dig up some stuff. Uh, I couldn't find quite as much about it. Apparently, maybe it has some analgesic effects. So like okay. kind of pain tolerance, pain limiting sort of effects. Uh, uh, maybe it also is uh, linked to some improved cognitive functions. Uh, the only thing that I could see about any sort of like, oh yeah, this increases like pair bonding or mutual relationship stuff. I did see one study that said... There was an increased uh, pair bonding effect with vasopressin, uh, but this was a study in voles, so like the like the mice little things. Ham- the ice hamsters, okay. Yeah, yeah, like the ice hamster mice things, 
So if you're a lady vole and you don't want your man vole cheating around, <laughs> get you get your little tiny ice ice uh, uh, groundhog ice <laughs> ice hamster uh, uh, claws on some vasopressin and mix that in with his uh, I don't know like breakfast cereal or something. Right on. <laughs> so yeah, there there it is. Uh, yeah, when we're talking about uh, love, if it's lust or attraction or attachment, that's the like bouquet of chemicals that flood through your brain and make you simultaneously want to shit your pants, but also like cuddle somebody. <laughs> Which maybe... if that's not a better metaphor for falling in love, then I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> it is no right. It truly is. It truly is. Um, <laughs> okay, but so, but then also, maybe you're thinking too, Mark. Um, oh, well, but wait. If we're talking about chemicals, what about things like pheromones, right? I was about... literally going to ask that, but I okay, didn't want to like, but Josh. Yeah, but Josh, what about, I mean, that's all like the interior stuff. Yeah, that's happening inside your brain. But like, because yeah, like animals, a whole bunch of different animal species have pheromones. When uh, the female of the species are in heat, they often put out these scents that show that they're ready to get it on. Uh, and, and there was, for the longest time, there was research like, well, do humans have pheromones as well? Uh, do we have something like that? And uh, to this, I am turning to an article on psychology today. And this was published... Uh, uh, or it was last reviewed July 9th, 2016. And this is The Smell of Love. Why do some people smell better to you? Look at how human body odor influences sexual attraction. So uh, here's my source for, for this one. And uh, it seems like, even though, yes, we're animals and we, and we do all that, it just doesn't seem like we have the physical hardware for smelling as compared to things like dogs and cats. We just don't. We just don't have quite as much. Um, and yes, but we while don't our need mood... it either. I mean, like we've true. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I, I don't. Sorry. Oh, oh no, 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 no. And, and so, and so it is. It's so, yeah, like we, so like, yeah, the, the dog's sense of smell, uh, 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 cats or something is, yeah, our, ours is less developed because we kind of use other senses for our primary sort of modes of communicating and interpreting the world and stimuli. Um, and, and yes, of course, our mood is demonstrably affected by smells, uh, for instance. And I, I promise I'm not going to go full on like crazy ant selling essential oils here. Um, <laughs> uh, but there are some, yeah, so like lemon uh, uh, in, uh, increases our perception of, uh, of health. Lavender increases positive mood. Um, eucalyptus increases breathing rate, rose oil reduces blood pressure, peppermint increases alertness. So, so like there's that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But not quite as developed as something for, yeah, like a pheromone. Uh, at least that's what we thought until, until that glorious decade, the 1980s. Scientists did discover something called a veromonasal organ within the human nose. Okay. And apparently we have two of these, like one on each side of the nostril. And this veromonasal organ 
again, it's like crazy and like dogs and cats and all that. And like that, that is the thing that is activated by these pheromones. And so, yeah, these scientists in the eighties, when they weren't doing Coke, when, when they weren't <laughs> chasing that, like snow candy, they were like, Oh yeah. Hey, here we go. Maybe there is a human pheromone after all. And the hunt was on. What is it? What is this thing? And this is, I think also probably, yeah, around the time when like Cologne was like, yeah, th- uh, be irresistible with all this stuff because we, turns out we do have this veromonasal organ in our nose. <laughs> uh, and so we did have an idea, um, but again, like weren't really finding anything. So what, what, what would this thing be? Well, as you know, Mark... We humans were kind of sweaty, oily creatures. Mm-hmm. And uh, in our skin, we have three types of glands. We have sebaceous glands, uh, eccrine glands, and these things called apocrine glands. Uh, sebaceous glands, they produce the sebum, the kind of oily stuff that really does like a whole bunch of things. Like, yeah, it like kind of moistens and lubricates our skin. It's like even like anti-microbial uh, in a lot of senses. Uh our eccrine glands are also our, better known as like our sweat glands. So that produce like the salty water that evaporates and cools us off and all that. But then also these apocrine glands, these last ones, they are they tend to be clustered around our hands, around our uh, cheeks, our scalp, uh, the areolas on uh, your nipples, mm-hmm. uh, and around body hair. Uh, they're generally larger in men. They They excrete their substance uh, during times of excitement. And they produce this compound called androsterone, um, which is a steroid similar to things that are in like animal musk. And so these scientists were like, hot damn, this is it. This androsterone stuff, this is the human pheromone. Quick, call Calvin Klein and let's start bottling this shit up and we'll make a, <laughs> we'll make all the money in the 80s to do even more cocaine. Um, <laughs> except turns out, uh, this androsterone stuff actually smells awful. It smells terrible. Oh, <laughs> there was a, as they, we were discovering this and sending out stuff, they were doing this massive, uh, study with like scratch and sniff cards, uh, that would get mailed out to people and they'd scratch and smell and rate the attractiveness of it. And apparently okay. this, and apparently this androsterone stuff, uh, s- smelled it was was second to last in rating. It was that bad. The only thing that smelled worse than this uh, was sulfur. <laughs> but it shouldn't smell good, right? Like it shouldn't be a thing. Like if you right. if if and if and I can't even say it. I want to say Andros, and I'm like, no, it's not the fucking monkey from Star Fox. <laughs> well, but kind of, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the and and androsterone, yeah. Um, so it's like, but if it, but yes. If it smells good, then everybody's gonna want a piece, and it's like that's not right. But like, only right. certain only certain members of the mating group are gonna find it attractive. Like, right, and and that's and, and I think you're exactly right too. Like that that is you a can't sort have of like some like eight year old kid like, mm, Josh smells good. You're like, get away from me, make me nervous, kid, go away. Like, right, and yeah. and so you're 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 exactly right. It is a sort of fallacious thinking to think like oh well pheromone equals smell good like no not necessarily um because yeah musk smells terrible i think like we can all agree that yeah like musk yeah 
Oh, yeah. And Have so, you ever gotten into deer tarsal glands? They're offensive. Like, yeah, yeah, they're horrible. And so that's part of it, too. So, like, okay, well, then maybe... Okay, take a step back. They did do some additional testing just on androsterone, and they did find that women, uh, particularly during, like, the ovulation cycle uh, of their of their monthly um, uh, periods and all that, uh, they, they are more receptive to smells in general, but specifically this androsterone stuff... Uh, but even smelling it, they just kind of like shrugged their shoulders. They're like, I mean, y- yeah, that that's a thing. So, okay, maybe women specifically are responding to this stuff, even though it doesn't smell that good. And even though it doesn't appear to like produce any like big kind of reaction, they're not like instantly horny. Mm-hmm. But there is something else going on. That maybe isn't quite a pheromone in that sense, but is still linked between smells and attraction. And so uh, we're going to sort of like take a sidestep and briefly talk about. So so in our DNA, the genes that encode all the things that like make us the people that we are, uh, there's one segment called the MHC, the Major Histocompatibility Complex. Which is really okay. hard to say after drinking wine, so I'm going to stick with MH- MHC. MHC, which is different than MXC, but MHC. <laughs> Man, you and I are in the same wavelength tonight because I was, I was like, you mean the most extreme elimination hormone? Most drug? extreme elimination, Josh. <laughs> the 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 most horny. Yeah, the most. Yeah, the, that... yeah, the most horny human challenge. <laughs> <laughs> and so, what this thing is, what the MHC segment uh kind of kind of generally sort of encodes or talks about is it's your immune system response and it helps protect you against like certain yeah like uh uh, threats right so like you can have uh like this like 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 segment a that gives you extra protection protection against certain yeah diseases you can have b which protects you from other ones and c and so on and so on and so on uh, and this thing is inheritable. You, you get this thing through your genes because it's in your DNA. Okay. And scientists were looking at mice, and they found that a female mouse, when given a choice, would select a mate whose MHC segment overlaps the least with hers. So if so, if lady mouse has, I'll just yeah say like MHC alpha. And she has a choice between a male with alpha and a male with delta. She's going to choose the male with delta so that their children have a wider range of protection um, uh-huh. from like diseases. And so, Damn. and so they found that like that like and they found that uh, that the, the the mice were able to detect to detect this through their urine. So it is okay. still a smell thing. And okay, so yeah, we humans so don't still, go. It's still a like pheromone. Then if it's, it's kind the... of a pheromone, it's it's not exactly like an attraction thing, but it's like, oh, you're a potentially better mate for my children because they'll have wider protection against diseases and stuff. Because we're like we we we're we're recovering more ground with our genetics. And yeah, so that... yeah, oh Shit. sorry, go. No, and no, no, so... I'm, my head's my mind's blowing up. Sorry. And so, yeah, and so the, the, the way the mouse, the, 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 the lady mouse was able to kind of determine this, the mice were able to, to uh, detect this is through their urine. And so, yeah, we humans don't typically go around smelling each other's pee. However, 
in humans, apparently this MHC uh, compatibility is detected through, again, sweat. And okay. so yeah. this is, and so this is um, going back to the Psychology Today uh, article. And so there was this other very, very well-known study now, uh, a team led by Klaus uh, Wiedekind at the University of Bern in Switzerland decided to see whether MHC differences in men's apricot glands, so those same ones that do the and androsterone, um, affected women's ratings on male smells. So the team recruited um, just under 100 college students. Uh, males and females were sought from different schools to reduce the chances that they knew each other. The men were given untreated cotton t-shirts to wear as they slept alone for two consecutive nights. They were told not to eat spicy food, not to use deodorants, cologne, or perfume soaps, and to avoid smoking, drinking, and sex during the two-day experiment. During the day, their sweaty shirts were kept in sealed plastic containers. So the dudes were given clean cotton t-shirts, sleep mm -hmm. in them, don't do your regular routine. And then came the big smell test. For two weeks prior, the women of the study had used a nasal spray to protect the delicate mucous membranes lining the nose. Around the time they were ovulating, when, again, when their sense of smell is enhanced, the women were put alone in a room and presented with boxes containing all these male volunteer shirts. First, they sniffed a new unworn shirt as a control. Then the women were asked to rate each man's shirt for, quote, and I'm quoting here, sexiness, pleasantness, and intensity of smell. Okay. And wouldn't and wouldn't you know it, Mark? Similar kind of thing. Um, it was found by Vedekind and his team that how women rate a man's body odor, pleasantness, and sexiness depended on how much of their MHC profile is shared. Overall, women preferred those scents exuded by men whose MHC profiles varied the most from their own. So just like with the mice. You, yeah. the, the the women liked the smells best where that part of the DNA was most different. Huh. Raiders said that the smells they preferred of these random dudes reminded them of current or ex-lovers about twice as often as did the smells of the men who had MCH profiles similar to their own, suggesting that smell had played a role in past decisions about who to date. So it's like, oh, this dude smells like my current or ex-boyfriend and so she like maybe one of the reasons that she's dating that current person is again because he also has this like delta mhc uh, kind of composition in his dna God which is damn. crazy and then it makes sense though like it does it makes absolute sense and then this is also weird so as i was going i was going it's like okay sure that makes sense and then check this out this blew my mind MHC similar, so if they were both alpha, for instance, uh, smells were more often described as being like a brother's or father's body odor. Okay. So it is. So it's like um, so it's like both. Okay, ones that are different reminded the women of yeah either current or previous boyfriends, and ones that were most similar were like oh yeah this smells like my dad's t-shirt or this smells like yeah. my even though they weren't related at all. And so this little, this little, you know, part of DNA still comes out through our sweat glands, still seems to inform or like kind of line up with like romantic pairings. It's, it's wild. It's wild stuff. It's nuts. Like, 
But and the, so, but at the end of the day, too, like it doesn't matter what you want. It doesn't matter what your lady wants. It, like, you gotta have everything. All this shit, and maybe maybe it can be different. I don't know, but like, yeah, all these things are already against you. Like, right, and and, and there's nothing you can do. There literally is like that person for you. Not maybe not like the one, but there is yeah. the one based off of your most extreme elimination profile. <laughs> Well, and, and it does make me think, too, like, how many dudes have been friend-zoned just because, yeah, they're, oh, hey, this little part of our DNA, like, lines up. And I want somebody who's, our hypothetical offspring will be, will have, like, a wider protection against diseases afterwards. So, like, yeah. it's not you, it's your MHC uh, profile. So, sorry, you're like a brother to me. <laughs> Because Isn't you that literally wild? smell like my brother. That yeah, because you, you literally smell, smell like, like my brother, brother, and I can't tell you why you smell like my brother, but I know that. You... But then I think about it too. I've known plenty of really, really good-looking girls, women, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've known lots of good-looking women. I don't know the proper. I don't know. Never mind. I want to smell like a pig. I've known a lot of yeah. women that are hot as shit, and I'm like, I want nothing to do with them. And yeah. maybe that's it. Because like, well, mm-hmm. I don't. That's crazy. Well, and and. So, so, so even if it isn't exactly that, maybe it's something similar because a little bit further down, again, in this Psychology Today uh, write-up, uh, at least as of 2016, nobody yet knows what roles MHC may play in male evaluations of female attractiveness. So we don't know if like that same level of scent attraction that women have of men, we don't know if that's the same for men of women. Although I will say, and I don't mind saying this, my Mrs. Wizard, I I love how she smells, and it's a very yep. comforting and reassuring smell, and she loves the way I smell. It's <laughs> like, yeah, and so and so I think that's I think it makes it stands to reason to me at least that yeah, like it's probably like a two way thing. It's not necessarily uh, only women care about what their men smell like. I I don't know. <laughs> But I, I, no, I really, I think that's got to be a big part of it too. Even if we don't know about it yet, I think there's got to be some part of it. We're yeah. Not, and so we're really not. And I always like to go back to the idea of we're really not that far out from being apes, you know, like, right. That's it. That's just it too. That's just it too. And so, and, and, and so, yes. And so there is something about the whole, um, so this isn't a pheromone necessarily that like, oh, I'll, I'm, this will make me attractive to everybody. But it is sort of like that automatic sort of, oh, well, here's some people that are more interested in you or less interested in you. And yeah, it's it's not that like you can like uh, use mouthwash or I don't know, like a different soap. Like it's just there. That's just it. And like that already kind of limits in in a lot of ways your a a person's potential uh, uh romantic partner dating pool. I kind of like it though. I like that yeah. idea that man, literally, like Fruit Loops was right. Just follow your fucking nose. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That got me. Sorry. No, never apologize. But the the one the one final thing to like kind of wrap up with again some of the like at least chemistry stuff. Um, wouldn't you know it, Mark? And again, this probably shouldn't surprise anybody who's listened to us for any amount of time. 
just like Sappho was like kind of wise beyond her age describing this sort of stuff. You know why else the ancient Greeks and Rome and Romans were wise beyond their 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 age? Why is Cause, that? Because they absolutely collected sweat from different people and sold it as like aphrodisiacs. Hmm. There are uh, uh, accounts specifically in Rome of gladiators mm-hmm. after like exercising or even like their gladiatorial fights. They would get the strigil, right? The little like hooked scraper thing, mm-hmm. scrape off all the sweat and grime that they worked up from exercise, pour that into a jar and would either be used as a, yeah, like an aphrodisiac um, or like women would wear it as, yeah, like a moisturizer. They'd like apply it to their own. And, and the idea being like, oh, look at these like powerful, virile men um, who are, yeah, famous gladiators. And you too can buy their, uh, <laughs> yeah, like ba- bath water. <laughs> so fucking Belle Delphine has existed for 10,000 years is your point. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, exactly. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh. So, Josh, I... I, I think the question that we need to pose it follows as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, attraction yeah. is based off of, you know, a similar interest in personality, you know, topics, basic attraction levels like blue eyes, blonde hair, and you're into that. You know, we've all got our type, right? Yeah. Well, you're wrong. It's all based off smell. <laughs> Get on. Get on. Well, let's go. <laughs> No, I do. Okay, no, yeah. Now now I do. Okay, so like new idea. It's been a while since we've like done one of our uh, uh, classic Two Wizards podcast idea pitches that will probably never be realized. But new idea for a dating show. Yeah, and, and yeah, M- MHC, most most horny human connection. And, uh, and it is. It's like, yeah, set up. We find footage from a 1980s Japanese game show. Uh, and we overdub it with, uh, yeah, like the audio from, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, we just dub in the audio. Dating. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we just do that. And it's like, oh, oh uh, hey, hi, this is this is Gee here. And now we are going through the uh, smelly T-shirts. <laughs> Man, how do you remember? Um, oh, what the hell was it called? Blind, blind date, right? Yeah, yeah. Blind date think, on so. UPN, and it was like all the oh, stupid God. pop-up clip art shit. Man, I miss those. <laughs> they were. It was so They're great. So stupid, oh, like God. therapist Joe and all that good shit. And... <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was. It was. It was. <clears throat> no, there we go. Okay. Um. So okay. So. Yes, I think we have established now that that smell is important. So we're stinky, it does and have that some makes us factor horny. Got it. Yeah, we're we're stinky and, and horny, and that's part of it. But there are some other actually, there are some other um, key factors that determine if you fall in in love with someone, if someone else falls in love with you. Uh, and uh, this is, I'm 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 always kind of curious to like, yeah, look into some of the stuff. But but here I have. And again, this isn't necessarily 
advice for us. And, and again, we're not even really a prescriptive podcast, but um, apparently according to uh, Falling in Love, Why We Choose the Lovers We Choose, uh, this book that you can pick up on Amazon for the tidy sum of $44.95. Jesus new. Christ. Or you can buy it used for like 11 bucks. Um or get it on Kindle, uh, but but anyway. So so here are here are the eleven variables, uh, and I'll read these in uh, uh, order of increasing importance and significance. Okay. Uh, so at the bottom, number eleven uh, is uh, mystery in the situation or the person. Okay. And so it is. It's that. Like I alluded to, the kind of like cat and mouse game, the sort of like, oh, who is that dashing figure who just walked into the room? Or, uh, hey, we're at this place and the uh, electricity suddenly cut out and now we're stranded in the elevator. I guess that kind of counts, mm-hmm. potentially, maybe. Uh, but that's number 11. Also, funnily enough, uh, tied to being alone in an elevator is number 10, opportunities to be alone together. I buy that a so, thousand percent. Like it's literally just an opportunistic thing. It is, and it is. It is also the whole uh, two's company, three is a crowd. Um, and yeah, if you can't ever get time just with this other person, if there's always yeah either a third wheel or uh, a friend group. Uh, no, we all decided to come to the club together and we're all going to leave the club together. It's like, well, okay, then, yeah, just might as well shoot that bird out of out of the sky and just end the whole thing right there. Only because you brought <laughs> Colossal Rhonda with you and you're not going to pawn her off on anybody. <laughs> when will Colossal Rhonda find love? <laughs> you're going to make me come or I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> Okay, so, so yes, uh, listeners, adding on to this mathematical equation, number nine, readiness for a romantic relationship. Because, um, yes, yeah, that I guess that's also a thing. If either you or the other person maybe just came out of a relationship and your feelings are still kind of sensitive and tender, uh, yeah, that absolutely, you know, that's a thing. Or if you're already in a different committed relationship and somebody comes along and you and your partner aren't into like the open uh, swingers thing. Yeah, that's that's also that also can put a damper on things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, number eight is specific cues uh, in the person's voice, eyes, posture, way of moving. Um, it stops there, but I think Mark, you and I can add smell. We can absolutely add smell to that too. Do you buy that uh, though? Based like, on with the like posture, way of moving, like <clears throat> is well, that a I... thing, or is that like this is a hangover because we all watch the pickup artist, and he's like, when you're peacocking, yeah. women release. Oh, what does Bob's Burgers call it? Insatia. Like it's you know what I mean. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I get it. Like, like I understand so, like tone of voice because like if a girl right, is beautiful like, sultry, but sounds yeah. like Louis Armstrong, that's <clears throat> a definite deal breaker. <laughs> or and, or if a person is into that thing, if they got the Satchmo fever, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, buddy, you want to come back to my place and 
make sweet music together? <laughs> like, I, uh, yeah, sure, let's go. That sounds that sounds wonderful. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Maybe the MHC component, the segments they met, they align, or no, they don't align. It's the perfect overlap. Um, but also, but also to answer your point, to answer your question, I mean. Because there also is, I don't know if this is quite what it's going for too, but yeah, the whole like, oh, well, if she's playing with her hair or or if she gives you the elevator eyes or if she touches your forearm, like, I don't know if that's kind of part of it too. I don't know if I've ever been like, damn, look at the way that person moves. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But as far Maybe. as that goes, I'm not a tactile person. I hate being touched. Like... See, and I, well, and, and that's, I, oh boy. See, I, I almost thought about doing this. I'm a shitty cat is what this. I am. Like, it, I, <laughs> no, like, I, I'm, I'm comfortable saying that I am a hell of a snuggler with my, like, Mrs. Wizard. Like, mm-hmm. I, I will, yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a snuggler. It's what I do. But, like, I don't like being touched by people I don't know or even, like, people I do know. Right. But it's like, I don't yeah. get away, get away. Like, I don't know. Yeah. What? Well, and and so this other thing, like yeah, to like put a put a pause in the um, eleven um, factors variables for like falling in love. Um, have you heard of or maybe even taken the like love languages thing? I know that about love like languages, quiz? but I've never taken the test for it. But I also okay. know that because I was food because I'm Greek and that's what I grew up with. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's so yeah I. I thought about doing that as a, as a talking point here, but I, I didn't want to, I I don't know. I I didn't want to get into that, but no, but I definitely am tactile. Like that is my love language. Like I'm, I'm constantly like touching my Mrs. Wizard's like arm or her elbow or her hip or like her, or, and I, in any sort of physical uh, contact that I get from her. Yeah. Just, just sends me over the moon Mm -hmm. so much so that, yeah. She's sometimes be like, okay, Josh, you're like hanging off me. Stop. And I was like, oh, we just want to, we're just playing footsie. It's like, yeah, we've been playing footsie for two hours. Like <laughs> you're giving me a blister. Just, you're just stop. Giving me a blister. <laughs> Cause I do. I just, I just drape myself over her. And, and I've always been like that. I've always just been, yeah, very tactile. Um, but, but then also, yeah, food is really big, big on my parts too. Cause Listeners, that shouldn't be surprised because how many food episodes have Mark and I done? How many more are we gonna do? <laughs> Probably have, a dozen. How many more are we gonna do? How many? Yeah, like seven-hour episodes. Um, but but yeah, you thought so, we were done so, with yeah. grilling. No, we're doing baking in like <laughs> no. a month. It's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, next week's episode: uh, pickling in two hours, two and a half hours, all about pickling. <laughs> Join us while Josh and I make pickles live on feed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 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 all right. So, so getting back here, um, number number seven, uh, uh, in in and again, increasing importance here. Number seven is social influences, norms, and the approval of people in our circle. So, like the friend group, the family group, that's a real thing. if your group of friends like pulls you aside and says like, yo dude, like I'm sure this was fun and all, but like, are you sure you want to continue on? Uh, We've all been bitten by Satchmo fever, but like, really, is that, is that really the person you want to be with? (laughs) It's like, yeah, you know, we, 
We sing uh, uh, What a Wonderful World every night, and it's wonderful. That's my love language. (laughs) (laughs) And as you're doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Really, you're just singing the Crypto Olympic theme song. <laughs> Somebody got hot and bothered doing the Cryptid Olympic when we when I heard that. For if the first you time. got hot and bothered like, when we sang the Cryptid themes or when Josh sang the Cryptid Olympics theme, let us know. Two Wizards Pod C one. Let us know. We want we we want to interview you. <laughs> um. Well, and and at the risk of like getting too personal, um. Yeah, when the Mrs. Wizard and I first started dating, um, she. I don't think I, I. I'm okay saying this. I think she'd be okay saying this. Um, uh, her her family is Mormon, mm-hmm. and she and I clearly aren't because mm-hmm. we have like beer and stuff. Uh, but it was it for like there was some friction when I entered the scene. It's like, all right, Josh. Well, if you're serious about this, uh, here's some here's how to like get started converting to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, mm. and. I was like, uh, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm perfectly fine. And, and again, I don't know how I like found this uh, eloquence. But yeah, there was one one time uh, uh, went over to her family's house for dinner and her older sister was there. Older sister was like, oh yeah, Josh, let's like go on a walk. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. That sounds great. So I'm tying up my shoes and the Mrs. Wizard is like staring daggers at her sister. It's like, you better not. Uh, and so then, yeah, like long story short, older sister did eventually like, yeah, kind of break down into tears. Like, Josh, if you really cared about her, you would you you would move out because I know you're living together and you would join the church. And I and again, I don't know where I found these words, but I said, look, we just had a nice dinner together. We were playing some board games I knew that your family was Mormon and I was perfectly willing to come and hang out with you and be with you exactly as you are. No ifs, ands, or buts. But I don't get the feeling that that's being reciprocated. And, uh, and, and yeah, and, and I hope that maybe we get to a place where we can be. Mm-hmm. And the walk ended <laughs> after that. Yeah. Mrs. Wizard, like... As soon as I walk in the door, she pulls me back out. It's like, okay, bye. We're leaving. <laughs> and then to her family and my future in-laws and current in-laws credit, they absolutely did. There's like, oh, wait, this guy's actually like pretty cool. And maybe that was kind of screwed up of us to like kind of put the thumb screws to him. Uh, and yeah, like her dad, like the next three or four times I went down to visit said like, Josh, I just want you to know that you're welcome and we love having you here. And it's always great. I was like, yeah, man, it's all good. And so, yeah, that is a thing. That can absolutely be a real thing where uh, if it's religion or if it's like, oh, they're a Democrat and we're Republican, that kind of stuff can, yeah, get get in the way. And it, and it's important to, like, find some compatibility along those lines, too. Yeah. But, too, I wonder, yeah. like, it's also, like, the total opposite of that. Like, if you tell a girl... Do not see this guy. What's the first thing she's gonna do? Oh, she's gonna call that guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. But but the to whole that like end bad too, boy. Like, yeah. I know I can speak personally when I say that a lot of my problems in college would have not had happened if I had listened to literally the advice of anybody in my immediate vicinity and did not <laughs> date that girl. And we all know which one I'm talking about. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we two or three times over. We we all fucking know which two to three (laughs) to four I'm talking about. Not naming names, but y'all said, "Mark, are you sure you want to do this?" And I said, "Get fucked, Daddy's horny." And (laughs) I mean, I'm paraphrasing myself. So that's just it. Yeah, though, like, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, that weird. That is, you know, but it's weird too. It's like this is the end result because like. There are no deer that get together and go, you should not date Bambi. He's not a good guy. <laughs> Fuck you, mom. Like, chimps don't have social <laughs> pressure to not date, you know, not to, like, go fuck other chimps. They don't have that. Like, they, they, they do in, right. in a different way kind of sense deal. But, like. Yeah, but in, like, do. the, like, mating displays. Right. It, it, it's not. Yeah. It, it's not like the one chimp has his, like, two buddies pull him aside and be like, look, man. Like, you and Coco had your thing. But. It's time to, uh, like, really set your sights on whoever. So, so yeah, I, I don't know if there's quite a chimpanzee Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. <laughs> but Maybe. Well, there was we that, could ask Jane Goodall. But there was that chimp war, but that was, I think, that was a very, I don't know. Yeah, true. That was a difference. Yeah. yeah no, but that's what I mean is, like, um, we're, just, mm-hmm. we're just barely smart enough that, like, we just are so good at screwing ourselves up. You know, like how many, how many young budding high school students careers have been devastated because they dated somebody and somebody got somebody pregnant and Hey, this was 2000. So you're staying with them for literally ever. And right. Yeah. All because dad said, look, please don't please leave her alone. She's bad news. Or like the mom said, listen, he's a piece of shit. Don't do it. I love him. Mm -hmm. I love Brad. Yeah. Whatever, mom. Yeah. No, yeah. That that is, that is it. I know I was a real shithead about it in high school. Who's to say? Like, you know? Hmm? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it is. That that is a poor thing. And now I guess we're getting into, yeah, I think the halfway point here, only coming in at number six is physical and emotional arousal. Hmm. So as much as like, again, sort of, yeah, like popular culture says like, oh yeah, here's like the the beauty standard or whatever. Um, that's only like halfway up. And, and, and I'm not even sure what emotional arousal is, but... Yeah, that I guess it just does go to show that like physical attraction isn't quite the end all be all. It's not quite as is as important as yeah you know, things like movies and TV shows make it out to be. Right? It's like oh geez, like she took her hair out of a ponytail and now she's wearing contacts instead of glasses. She's a hottie. Like no, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. So. But I buy that. Uh, I definitely buy that bit too. And it's uh-huh. like, what's the easiest way to show someone is your love interest? Oh, they're hot. That's how you do it. Like, what really? Yeah. It's a. It's the combination of the things. I get. I don't know. Never mind. It is. I'm trying to justify right. it shit is. for well, no and... reason. I'm sorry. I blame, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I blame and also... truly hard seltzer teas. Which, by the way, <laughs> goddamn peach is delicious. It's the best. Oh, and okay, I just nice. want to replace my blood with this shit. <laughs> well, now I gotta. I feel like I have to go looking for some of those so I can so I can partake. I can share in the share in the moment. Um, uh, getting into the top five now. Coming in at number five is satisfying needs, which we did allude to with the uh, love language stuff. If your partner, uh, if their love language is like having help done around the house. 
And so you do. You like do the dishes and you mow the lawn. You do that stuff that is that is satisfying his or her needs. Mm-hmm. And they are able to do that to you if your love language is going on vacations or like experiences, going out and doing stuff. And they're tagging along even though they really don't want to go to the Grand Canyon. Why would you want to go, you know? But, but yeah, but, but if you're able to like satisfy each other's needs, that's also a good sign. And yeah. we're just getting into the, yeah, like the top here. Uh, this is coming in at number four, reciprocal affection. The fact that the other person actually likes us too. <laughs> <laughs> so it is. And that was, as, as I've uh, alluded to time and again, uh, yeah, that was me. I was Mr. Unrequited Love. And it's like, oh, I, I like so-and-so, but they don't like me back. And, and again, maybe I also needed um, uh, number six coming along. Or no, number seven coming along and my friend saying like, look, Josh, I mean, come on, just don't, just stop doing that. Let go, you know, it doesn't have to be that because this person clearly doesn't like you back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Getting into number three is desirable characteristics of personality and appearance. And so maybe this is, maybe that's also like, this is getting into the like, no, I like some, I want to be with somebody who's funny and is freakishly tall or whatever. Like if this is like, you're kind of like fetish, then yeah, go for it. But that's it too. I think is like, I think it's important to like recognize that we're all into different shit, no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, right. I, I don't know. I, I'm not into like, I'm just not into blondes. It's not a thing that I'm into. I don't know why, but it literally does mm-hmm. nothing for me. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, and and one of mine is again like me being six four. It would be nice if my partner was, you know, it doesn't have to be a six footer, but yeah, also like it. We won't get mistaken for like brother and sister or something like that. Like, oh, look at how cute! Yeah, you're you're taking your niece out to go get ice cream. It's like, no, ma'am, this is my wife. <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, my 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 Mrs. Wizard is a is a is a solid. Uh, five foot eight inches and yeah that works for us <laughs> yeah but i mean yeah but then like have you seen Shaq and his girlfriend because he's eight foot 20 and she's nothing she's <laughs> tiny like good for him right yeah so so that's the other thing too i'm, I'm also glad like i, I enjoy being a, 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 a tall person but i'm also glad i'm not yeah like that tall because that would be oh god that that'd be the pits that'd be the worst but it would like <laughs> yeah but I, I don't i don't know I don't well know. it's what we we're talking uh, about last week about how like uh with the kama sutra like horses can lay with you know deer right. but elephants mm-hmm. cannot lay with rabbits because you're gonna have a bad time the pig and the elephant yeah. dna just don't splice damn it <laughs> we all they're, remember that old lover they're, boy they're, they're mhc song. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Big and the Sorry, they, DNA they got me. Just they got me. <laughs> go, go this watch an elephant all... makes love to a pig on South Park. It's fantastic. <laughs> go watch that episode, guys. <laughs> so good. That's oh, so good. Coming in at number two on this list, and I, I had heard this kind of before. And when I first heard it, it was super surprising. But coming in at number two, 
is literally geographic proximity. Oh, so Just the being... local horny milfs in my area that want to meet me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, those ones that keep contacting you on Facebook and Twitter and yeah, those that they're right there. <laughs> and they are they are uh, DTF. <laughs> Which, of course, like, uh, like, yeah, clearly that makes sense. Like, oh, yeah, if a person's on another continent, uh, yeah, of course we're not going to fall in love. But long distance is a thing. And there are, there are couples who either, like, first came across each other on, yeah, like an internet forum or, like, playing video games or, or whatever. And it's like, oh, wait, you're all the way in Denmark? Ah, shit. And so it is. It becomes a real sort of, like, what, what do you do? What do you do? Yeah. And even and even us, I, I know this has been me kind of sharing a lot of, of my kind of love life. The Mrs. Wizard and I, we first started dating. Um, and then like the following month, I moved up to Denver. And Denver's like a three and a half hour, four hour drive from Alamosa. And, and we were, we were like, I mean, okay, so we've been only dating a month mm-hmm. uh, and I'm going to move away. But we both kind of like each other. Do do we want to do we want to try to do this long distance thing? And granted, we did have yeah things like we would we text each other all all the time, and Facebook was a thing. And mm-hmm. she drove up and visited me a couple times. I, I I drove down and visited her a couple times. And it was it was like a real like oh god like yeah if you're gonna be moving away like 250 miles away, uh, do we do we do we keep doing this thing? And we decided yes, and we're both very glad that we did because, yeah, now we're married. There you are, yeah. Going on, yeah, eight, eight and a half years, something like that. So, but it does, it makes a big difference. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, I think, but then too, it's like, I think there's a certain amount of like, just that we are willing to try, you know, instead of. You're right. Yeah. And maybe there is a certain amount of like bullheaded. We, we, you know, we've talked a lot with our Ode to Man stuff, like the, the, the missing chapter, the missing stanzas of Ode to Man. You are so mm-hmm. bullheaded that you will just beat your head against it. Man, like, that is 80% of relationships I've been in. I will do my damnedest to make them work, you know? And I think you are exactly right. That is that commitment. That's like that commitment to each other. Like, yeah, it's going to be uh, difficult and it's not ideal, but... I am willing to commit to a long-term thing and only have eyes for you unless our agreement is like, oh, well, no, or maybe we are like kind of in an open relationship or whatever. But but even then, yeah, like that you value that person enough that you are going to make that commitment. I think that also absolutely speaks mm-hmm. speaks volumes of of that. Um, And then finally, the number one, a uh, variable that influences whether or not people fall in love. Uh, similarity in attitudes, background, personality traits. Mm-hmm. And because I'm thinking about that too, right? Like, because uh, that also seems clearly in opposition to the other sort of popular idea that opposites attract. And... I don't know, like to a degree. Maybe a little maybe. bit, yeah. Because I think about couples who are like, yeah, and I'm thinking of a specific couple, and I'm not being mean, but like they're both music professors. Okay. 
you know, they don't do the same instrument, but like that, like they're just all in on music. That's all they do. They play their instruments, they go to concerts, they teach, they do all this stuff. And like, yeah, they have other hobbies and things. But again, it's just like, man, if if that was all of your world, I don't know if that'd be quite for me. Uh, where it's like, oh, hey, yeah, let's. I, so, 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 yeah, I'm sort of in the, yeah, like theater, artsy kind of realm. My Mrs. Wizard is in the IT realm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, there are both times where, oh, hey, this is a, like, weird uh, computer science thing that you're kind of working on that I have, like, literally no knowledge about. Yeah, tell me about that. I want to, I want to, that's kind of intriguing. But then there's also days where it's like, I don't, I don't necessarily need to know how many updates uh, you performed on these servers. Like, I'm sure that's really interesting to you, but I just, I just, I don't know. I just want to sit down on the couch. (laughs) But yeah, but it's different, but I don't know. I hate Disney movies. My Mrs. Wizard loves Disney movies. I love Star Wars. My Mrs. Wizard tolerates Star Wars. Like, (laughs) so it is, it is. And Yes, there needs to be some similarities, some kind of common, but I'm also thinking too about like, well, if it's important that our MHC is so different, maybe it is the kind of opposites attract thing, or maybe that's the opposite part, but you, yeah, both like video games, like, I don't know, or something like that. So I think it's the but, ability but, but that also to tolerate does kind of make the sense. other one's bullshits. Ah, but then and they that, also reciprocate honestly, by tolerating your bullshits. And from that, yes. like, yeah, that is it. That is it. So and so, yeah, the things that you don't necessarily have in common or similar, you at least tolerate, which also handily enough uh, provides a great segue to. OK, so we talked about the 11 factors or variables that influence falling uh, in a romantic relationship. Well, what about the opposite? What about things that kill relationships? And according to Malcolm Gladwell's book, Blink. There are, these are the four horsemen of the relationship apocalypse. <laughs> okay. These things, this is, this is, this is how the website's describing it. This is me. But they are criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. So criticism, complaints are fine. Criticism is more global if you're just attacking the person and you didn't take out the garbage because you forgot, but but because you're a bad person. Like, okay, yeah, that's something that will very, very rapidly kill um, a relationship. Uh, contempt, and this is that sort of, like the opposite being, yeah, the the tolerating, the like, okay, I can, you go do your thing, I'll do my thing, and we can kind of get along to get along. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, defensiveness saying like no the problem isn't me it's you uh, and then like stonewalling or just like checking out disengaging whatever honey whatever you say mm-hmm. uh, yeah so those are those are the four that if you if you if you can minimize those and just really work on communicating and talking about arguments and things um, that's that's how that's how you uh, continue as a as a uh, romantic couple. Yeah. But you know, too, I also know um, I can think of one couple offhand and the guy is just 
browbeaten and depressed all the fucking time. And I guess they're working <laughs> too. So, you know. Yeah, per- perhaps. So we I find think. him, you know, hanging himself from his toaster oven. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I know who you're alluding to there, but... Um, but I wonder, but, too, but, like, but, I wonder how much of, like, I don't know, again, like, man, you know, you don't get, like, what is it? I think um, humans and bonobos are the only apes that are monogamous for life, give or take, like, in some instances, but, like... Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every other ape... They fuck whatever they want. They do whatever they want. Like, there's no such thing as a breeding right. pair. There's no such thing as, like, a, a bonded-for-life pair. And I gotta wonder how much of, like, our sadness and bullshit we put on ourselves just because, oh, well, society's gonna think I'm an asshole if I divorce my wife. Well, she hits you with bleach bottles. It's okay. You can leave her. Like, Yeah, there are certain things, right. There are absolutely certain things where it's okay to say, like, okay, no, I am, I am exiting this relationship even if it is a marriage even if it is a marriage with children mm-hmm. uh yeah there are absolutely lines in the sand that once they are crossed okay no this is not good it's not good for us if children are involved it's not good for the children and then yeah absolutely like that's it's time it's time to stop it's time yeah. to stop that um and and so so like this is you know maybe this list is geared a little more towards like marriage but i think it's also valid for long-term committed relationships too. Um, But it says that uh, 69% of a couple's problems are perpetual. Nice. Nice. Um, (laughs) Meaning that, yeah, they don't go away. Oh. Yeah, because it's always a give and take. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I'm sorry. No, never, never apologize for... Making a um, reciprocal oral sex joke. Um, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, like almost seven out of ten problems, they, they're just perpetual. And it is. And it is because like the, you're trying to change the other person's mind, but that isn't it. Most disagreements are rooted in fundamental differences of lifestyle, personality, or values. By fighting over these differences, all they succeed in doing is wasting their time and harming their marriage or relationship. And it is. There are some things like early on in our relationship and marriage, I got really bad about, hey, I have my glass of water and I'll finish with that. I mean, I could get up and put it in the kitchen, but here's this like little uh, cave that I can make with the throw pillows on the couch. So I'll just plop that bad boy there and I can keep watching the basketball game. Hell yeah. Um, and then the Mrs. Wizard comes along. It's like, Josh, why are there goddamn glasses in the couch? This is dangerous. <laughs> well, I was eventually, you know, next time I got up. <laughs> <laughs> so that was an example of a problem that could be resolved. And I did. I'm much better now. I almost never leave things like bottles or mugs or glasses tucked behind pillows in the couch. Um, but then there are other things that, yeah. It, it, it's very rare that uh, you and another person will agree 100% on things like politics or religion or values and stuff. And it is. It's like learning to like, yeah, like get along to get along kind of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. I, uh, 
You know, every the best relationship advice I ever received is every moment's a battle. Give in, give in, give in. Mm, yeah, that, that's a good one. So, so, so also, <laughs> so also on this on the same uh, sort of source here, it's saying that. So okay, so so then yeah, if if that is the case, if seven out of ten problems they're unsolvable, they're never going to go away. What do you do? And it is, it's like you you accept each other as you are uh the these couples couples who have successful relationships intuitively understand that problems are inevitably part of a relationship much the way that chronic physical ailments are inevitable to you as you get older and boy howdy mark haven't we talked about that just 30s hitting us like a ton of bricks (laughs) um they are like a trick knee, a bad back, an irritable bowel, a tennis elbow. We may not love these problems, but we are able to cope with them, to avoid situations that worsen them, and to develop strategies and routines that help us deal with them. Or as psychologist Dan Weil said uh, in his book, when choosing a long-term partner, you will inevitably be choosing a particular set of unsolvable problems that you'll be grappling with for the next 10, 20, or 50 years. And it is. Jeez. It's not exactly. It's not exactly the well. If you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. Because that's yeah, super selfish and screwed up. Yeah. But it's kind of that. It's kind of like oh, this is my box of like, uh, weird idiosyncrasies, and that's your box of your weird idiosyncrasies. Um. And we'll just like kind of pile them together and figure out a way to like do this day by day. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. And it yeah. isn't. It isn't. And and even kind of going back all the way to like the first part, right? Like, okay, yeah, definitely. Like the the lust and the attraction maybe kickstart a relationship. And then if it's something worthwhile and meaningful and a long-term thing, yeah, you settle into the attachment and it's like, uh, okay, yeah, my, my, uh, my partner here, I kept telling her, I say, look, you eat that spicy Indian curry, it's going to wreak havoc on your stomach tomorrow and you'll have like horrific flatulence. No, but I like it. It's tasty. <laughs> Wake up the next morning after a night of like being Dutch ovened and <laughs> then yeah, you just like that's my baby. That's my lover. <laughs> that's a little firebender. <laughs> oh lordy. Oh lordy. So so yeah, there's again a little social science, a little kind of thing that yeah, the I don't think exactly the mechanics of like falling in love, but yeah, sort of like here's what we understand about how people fall in love and create relationships and maintain relationships. I don't know some of that stuff. Right some on that stuff. Uh, well, I do. I, I mean, I do have one or two other topics. Do we do do we want to go into Crawley and sex magic, or do we want to save that for Let's maybe? Let's save another? that. I'm even trying to find passages okay. in Book of the Law, and I can't find the right ones that I want. And it's just okay. Yeah, suffice fair, to fair say enough. that there is a whole other like Josh. You and I can fall in love, and we can do all this good stuff. But the base of it, we can also use sex for magical ritual. 
and um, that's gotcha. all there is to it. And we don't need to we don't need to get into it. It's gross. It's, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and but and I do I do want to read just this little bit. So we've talked before about Crowley okay, yeah. being like probably the greatest wizard of our age outside mm-hmm. of Tesla, mm-hmm. but whatever. Right. Um. But so this little just, so basically the idea is. Um, in magical ritual, you need to have a powering catalyst behind it to power it. Usually, we would go with sacrifice, and I'm really, really painting a broad strokes here, so just bear with me. Um, you mm-hmm. need to release something called organ energy. To release organ energy, you can do one of two things. You can either kill a living thing, and that's why every goddamn anything in the history of ever used to, you know, perform life sacrifices to release organ energy, or or you could have sex. And at the moment of climax, at orgasm whatever it releases organ energy that is channeled and powered and driven through the wand which is the phallus and if you read his magic books he talks about how the wizard must consecrate and bow to the four regions with his wand you literally take your erect dick out and wave it like north south east west (laughs) that's that's number one but then number two, I just want to, this is a little bit of Crowley describing um, Thelemic magic. And uh, Thelema, Josh, Thelema is a Greek word meaning what? Oh, uh, oh God. Um, uh, help me out here. Will. That's right. Will. The idea right. of will and the, the, the founding tenet is do what thou wilt is the whole of the law, love under law, love under will. But here is just a little bit. From um, I want to say this is the this is from his poem The Gun Barrel. Mighty and erect is this will of mine, this pyramid of fire whose summit is lost in heaven. Upon it I have burned the corpse of my desires. Mighty and erect is this phallus of my will. Bump bump ba. It's you power dun, dun, you power dun. magic with sex energy. It's weird. I used to be into this, and now I've kind of shifted to my own different practices and stuff but yeah it's it's gross it's weird we, we will give crowley sex magic its own due one day one one of these days yes. but... well or yeah or even just crowley in general his his due but um oh he's insane okay, like and... literally this dude yeah. figured out like he figured out the like deeper secrets of the ordo templo orientis and like people thought he was just there to you know fuck around and get laid and it's like i know the real rules of the secret doctrines and shit and they're like oh fuck he totally does what do we do ah make him chief it's fine but yeah <laughs> really this dude was a wizard he is a wizard guys go jack off and focus on something you want and see if it changes your outlook on the future okay no no yeah we're good we're good yeah. well okay probably will get his one day but today is not that day yeah well and I I also uh, I may have to like temporarily suspend my Greek card because I totally should have figured out what Thelema was because there's a verb uh, Thelo which means like I wish or I desire Mm. I will and I should I should have put two in there I'll I'll like yeah well I'll put it on the understand weird magical (laughs) ritual Josh come on now Yeah, well, okay, fair enough. Especially in a fair system enough. that um, also uses Hebrew letters, like. Well, yeah, no, uh, yeah, true, true, true. true. <laughs> um, okay, but also, so, so, yeah, we did. We talked about like the kind of chemistry of it, and then some of the like the like social science of it. But Mark, like with all things science, is there a hack? Can we can we 
prove can, can we come like here's here's 10 hacks to fall in love um then maybe it doesn't matter maybe the smell doesn't matter maybe all that 11 list of things doesn't matter can is it possible to fall in love with anybody well love no study. but i have a hack yeah <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, which isn't alcohol. No, not alcohol. Booze. No, oh. it's, it's very basic, Josh. Make them laugh, make them okay, breakfast. Well, like, that's it. That is a good, yeah, dictum. I have said I have said before, I'm not a good-looking dude. I will never be a rich dude, but damn it, I'm a funny dude. And I do all right. Yeah. I've done all right yeah, in the past. Well, and... Like, but you know, you get, mm-hmm. you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and, and it is. I think I think it is. It's if, uh, which I was also kind of surprised that like humor, like specifically, didn't appear on that list. But maybe that is counted under like shared values or I don't know something like that. But but there also is there also is maybe a secret hack that any two people can again maybe not exactly fall in love head over heels. Here come the wedding bells. Uh, but maybe something to like make two individuals fall in love with each other. And this is a study by the psychologist Arthur Aaron, who is saying like, here's here's a route that, yeah, two random people haven't met before. If they go through this thing, it takes anywhere between an hour and a half to two hours. But by the end, they will have developed some like deep romantic feelings for each other. And what it basically is, is it's a set of 36 questions Okay. that you and this other person never meet before, uh, but you sit down and you go through these questions and you, and you answer them. You, you ask them of each other and, and you provide answers over the course of, yeah, like, a, yeah, like 90 minutes to 120 minutes. Um, and then, and, and then by, and, and, and they get progressively, not exactly more personal, but a little more, um, yeah, like you disclose more about yourself. They're a little deeper, things like that. And they're in three sets. They're in three sets. So, Mark, I know that you and I, we, we've been podcasting for a long time. We've been friends for even longer, buddy. Hell yeah. Um, and we aren't going to like full on do this whole thing because this, <laughs> this podcast right now is like nearing the hour and a half, two hour mark. <laughs> But let me just kind of go through and share some of the questions. Maybe we'll answer them. Maybe we'll not. Uh, but but we'll just kind of go through some of these. So so from the first set, the sort of like ice breaking sort of thing. Okay. Um, give me give me a number between one and twelve. Give me a number between one and twelve. Seven. Seven is. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? No. Um No, I don't necessarily either. I mean, I'm still kind of maintaining that fantasy of all die old and comfy in bed after a long and fulfilling life. I don't think like I don't think there's anybody there's like a secret organization that's like, "Oh, yes, we'll get that Josh Streeter." Um I yeah, I don't think I'm going to be chased down by any I don't know, something like that. What about you? Do you have a secret hunch about how you might die or um, will die? I mean, I want to say, like, I'm just going to probably blink out. But, dude, more than anything, I bet I uh, probably, yeah, I can fight that bear. I bet alcohol is a factor and yeah. 
Okay, yeah. F- f- knowing enough, knowing the nature of this beast named Mark, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, and then, yeah, just kind of for fun, let me sort of pick one yeah, sure. here. Uh, oh, okay. Actually, 12 is a pretty good one. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? If it's anything like I want to speak every language, that'd be cool. Just wake up one day and I'm just Cypher from X-Men. I had a similar, I, I, I was going to go a similar kind of route. It's like, yeah, like either one or two extra languages, something like that would be, would be pretty cool. Um, I mean, well, and, and I've, I've kind of mentioned this too. Like, so yeah, last semester I was taking that like intro to computer game mm-hmm. design class and I like barely sort of dipped my toe in. So that'd be kind of cool too. If I could wake up tomorrow, like have like full on like programming knowledge and get to like crank out all these like weird video game ideas. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty sweet. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then, yeah. So that was set one. Okay. Uh, set two is things get not exactly a little more steamy. <laughs> Uh, but give me a number between 13 and 24. Ooh, 18. 18. What oh. is your most terrible memory? Oh, God. Ew. Skip. Next yeah. one. So it, it, 19, and, and 19. We can, okay, yeah, 19, 19. <laughs> um, if you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are living now? And why? Oh, fuck yeah. I'd quit my job and go blow a bunch of money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, if I don't have to be here for next year and, like, next year, like, Mark doesn't have to put up with my consequences, hell yeah. You can go live fast and right. die hard. Well, not live fast, but you know what I mean? Like, definitely go yeah, do some d- more stuff. Do the whole bucket list. Yeah, go do the whole bucket list kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... Well, and, and so then, yeah, since we since we already kind of did, yeah, and, and clearly these start to get a little more, yeah, a little more, you, you and, and also remember too, right, so you've already gone through 12 questions, uh, you're, you're comfortable talking with this person, so maybe you are more comfortable going into some of these deeper stuff. This one absolutely is like kind of steering the like romantic juices. This is number 22. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of the other person. Share a total of five items. And so you just go back and forth complimenting each other five times. So then, yeah, of course, that's going to like maybe start to like stir up some things. Yeah. Um, okay. And so then, yeah, there's there's 12 more questions there. We're up to 24 total. And then now this third and final set, um, 25 to 36. Pick a number. Oh, 30. 30. When did you last cry in front of another person? By yourself? Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Um, I cried in front... I don't even know when I cried in front of a person. I kind of pride myself on really suppressing, like, outward emotion. Um, shit. I, I don't... Do you know? Do you know offhand? I, I, well, for me, it's fairly recent. Because, uh, <laughs> no, it was like two weeks back or so. I, I was. I was just feeling like super overwhelmed with doing all this grad school stuff and trying to finish up my dissertation and do this like creative thing. And uh, learned about this other kind of opportunity I had, but maybe that would delay. And it was like this whole thing kind of caught up with me. And, yeah, and so I just, I just started bawling. Just like, ah, oh, God, like... 
the weight of the world pressing down on me and all that. Um, so, so yeah, there was, it was, yeah, like two, two weeks ago, something okay, like that. Two weeks ago. But, um, but yeah. Uh, and then, and then, yeah. And so then it, it kind of goes on from there. And so after, again, spending an hour and a half up to two hours, uh, going through these questions with a person you've never met before, the last thing, the last sort of step in this process by, uh, uh, Arthur Aaron, that's, there it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thing that you do without talking now is you stare into the other person's eyes for four minutes. Oh my God. And so then, yeah, spending an an hour and a half, two hours getting into like progressively deeper and deeper questions. And then you spend four minutes not saying anything and just looking at this other person. Yeah, you're goddamn right. Your body's like releasing all those hormones that I listed uh, at the at the start, and you're like, maybe maybe there is something there. I feel like I know this person. Um, this is like so sociopathy, then, yeah. man. Like if you look, but it's make also her, make yeah. eye contact for four minutes. Like well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> this is like interrogation techniques. Is. Like it absolutely is. It absolutely is like the. Uh, yeah, this is like what the KGB would do. This is how they honeypot you, right? You're like, oh, I'm a businessman here in Moscow doing something. There's somebody at the bar. And then, yeah, the next thing you know, um, you're sharing 36 questions and you're looking into their eyes. Uh, you start to feel kind of dizzy from your drink. You wake up uh, naked, chained to like a pipe in a basement somewhere. And people are screaming at you at Russian. Yeah, this is absolutely like kind of some social, yeah, social engineering, like scary shit. Naked and afraid, <laughs> Soviet edition. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I don't know, man. I, I, I do. Huh. I, you want to talk about like some like dark magic, some potentially like, oh man, this this is some scary stuff. Yeah, if, there's, if this is like a sort of hack that... If you can agree to meet somebody for the first time and go through this exercise, who knows, buddy? Who knows? But, but you know what? I, I would be curious to, like, you and I go on the Newlywood game and see how we do. <laughs> I feel like just tonight, you and I That's have true. been really synced up, like, not even reading yeah. each other's minds. But, like, man, listen to any episode in the last, like, year and a half. Like, fuck, do we predict right. exactly where the other one's going to go? So, hell, who could say? Yeah, and, and, and maybe, um, yeah, on some of these, again, like older sources, in, in like older comparatively, right, like 2016 or whatever. Um, yeah, to what variable is hosting a podcast together? How often does that lead to romance? <laughs> but, you know, that's also one of the, like, the keystones of you and I, and I want to say our continued success, success is we don't hate each other and we don't want to fuck each other, so we're doing great. Yeah, no, like, exactly. Exactly. And I'm not at all jealous that you have this other podcast, the Dingle podcast with Johnny and spending time with him instead of spending time with me. I'm not jealous about that at all. Oh, baby, don't you worry. You're the only co-host for me. It's all right. Josh, I love smelling your T-shirts more than John. Like when I smell Johnny's T-shirts, it smells like my my brother. Josh, I... I like your wizard's tankard a lot better than his. <laughs> is this it? Is this when you and I fall in love as two wizards? This is it. Well, and, and maybe it is. 
maybe it is a good thing that we're still doing this recording uh, half a country away so that we don't have the four minutes of looking into each other's eyes and not not speaking. Because, uh, yeah, in that case, uh, sorry, Mrs. Wizard. <laughs> That's all there was. That's all there was. God, I'm hear oh, you boy. and Johnny run away to, like, be a weird, <laughs> just, like, super gay podcasting threesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we make a pyramid out of our dicks and full circle Crowley magic here we are we did it Crowley magic <laughs> <laughs> oh god that's too good but but yes it is I think it is it's just a uh, yeah man love love is weird love is love is patient love is kind what is, oh god what is that thing I even so when I officiated my sister's wedding uh, last fall, yeah. that was even the thing that I read. The like Corinthians thirteen, I think that, and, and I can't remember the yeah, first, first Corinthians. Yeah, love is patient, 13. love is kind, love is not boastful, love does not keep score. I'm paraphrasing, but yeah, like yeah, yeah. But but even then, like you got it, you, you got more of it than I did. But but that is the point. That is a point. Love and and also like we were saying um, in last week's episode, which was also yesterday's recording. <laughs> again, weird weird time stuff. Yeah, go go beyond. Don't just do like the one day a year. Oh, okay, here's where I'll do something. No, like do that stuff. Like, listeners, you know all those hormones and all those like, oh, okay, so maybe don't start doing like uh, X and uh, uh, meth just to like get the same experience from falling in love. But you know, now, now you know why you feel so warm and cuddly with your significant other. Um, and then like share that, share that f- the whole month long, the whole year long. It doesn't have to be tied to just February 14th. Not at all. I'm kind of coming out of this episode, just like more appreciative of my circumstance right now. Cause it sort of seems like none of this shit actually matters. And it's such a crapshoot and it's all based on like such a random string of yeah. nothings at all that are everything. And we literally have zero control over them. It's right, yeah, right. It's, yeah, things, th- things that, that uh, yes, yeah, so many things beyond our control that are circumstances of our genes or of our birth, or are just happening to be born into like uh, a family with this set of values and traditions as opposed to a different one. But yet we do. We still do that thing. Like, oh no, if I just get in the gym, um, and if I like read more. It, because that also works. I think there is a lot to be said about that too, right? The whole like, if you take care of yourself, then that also shows that you will take care of this other person. Like I didn't, I didn't really bother yeah. with like doing my hair or like doing that stuff. But then once I started, I was like, oh, well, yeah, I want to start doing that because here's this person I'm chasing. And then, uh, and 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 still doing that. Yeah, we've been married for, for a while now, but I still like comb my hair and brush my teeth every once in a while every once in um, a while <laughs> but i like that I like only, you're yeah you, yeah you still try you yeah, still you're, do the things yeah you're still trying and, and it is and that's also kind of like what you're saying earlier too like it's that commitment like i'm i'm doing this because i know you like it and, and because i know it's meaningful for you so yes mrs wizard i'll i'll wear the ballerina tutu because I know that's what you like. (laughs) (laughs) 
Love is about sacrifice. Love is yeah. Love is also about sacrifice. That is that is that is true. And <laughs> no, but okay. So so Mark, yeah, I I think this has been this has been you know don't want to pat myself on on the back, but I thought this was a pretty good two parter. Fantastic two parter, um, buddy. You killed it. And and yeah, and we got to do we got to do all that stuff that we two wizards do so well. We got we got fun. We got dumb. We got informative. We got serious. We got poignant. Got a little horny. We read great. We, we, we absolutely got horny. Uh, <laughs> and so, listeners, tell us, what what did you think? How was my, how would you rate my first time at the helm of a two-part, uh, 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 the, yeah, of, of a two-parter? Uh, did, I, did I have too much? Did I have not enough? Will I one day figure out how to count us down from five to start <laughs> recording at the same time? They'll never uh, know. <laughs> we'll, 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 you'll never know, but you can let us know some other things. Tell us what you thought about this episode. Um, what do you think about the whole, like, 11 variables? Were you also one of those people that, like, no, uh, uh, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby? Uh, who cares if we're geographically separated? We still got together. Tell us, Tell us your story. Um, go look up that 36 love questionnaire thing uh, and tell us some of your answers if you want to divulge and potentially fall in love with us. There's a couple ways you can do that. You can send an email to twowizardspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter at twowizardspodc1. Uh, my Twitter account is at pladbarbarian. Uh, Mark, what are some of our other socials and affiliate socials? Oh, our other socials and or affiliate socials. You can find us at uh, Two Wizards Podcast on Instagram. You can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. And we kind of dipped a toe and tickled at it and touched at it tonight. <laughs> we, I gently like brushed your forearm with it. Dangle Podcast, where me and my buddy Johnny take two episodes of King of the Hill and rate and review it. And we're getting into some really good stuff right now. And this is the gold, literally the golden age of King of the Hill. And I'm almost depressed to go on because I have found my new... When this one releases, I'm sure the other one will have released uh, Escape from Party Island. I found my new personal lord and savior in Rockadillo. And goddamn, I hope that you all can find Rockadillo as your personal lord and savior. <laughs> Ooh, you like. <laughs> <laughs> Get it on! Get it on. All right, everybody. And indeed, we Do you we fuckers remember MXC? Tell us if you're... Tell us about MXC. That's your homework. Get on Twitter right now. As soon as you hear this, get on our Twitter. Two Wizards Pod C1. Yes, I remember MXC. Yes, share, I share remember... Share your favorite MXC gif. Remember Spike TV? Remember Spike TV? Oh, my God. Oh, man. Again. Oh All right, everybody. It's been wonderful as always. And also as always, I'm Josh, and I'm a wizard. And I'm Mark, and I'm a wizard. Thank you for listening. We love you all, everyone. Very much so. Take care. Good night, guys. (laughs) He rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed!